but it might tell me why it's called a monk fruit. It's also called a lohan guo, guo, lohan guo, or swingle fruit. Swingle fruit. <laughs> There's a name. <laughs> swingle fruit. Everybody and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Danielle. I'm Sam. And this is the podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of media to the other who has no experience with it. Liar! So, uh, you do have experience yes. with this one. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to accuse it, you of lying. <laughs> Enthusiastically, I appreciate that. Oh, you gotta do it, do it right. <laughs> so today we are doing part two of Wonder Woman 1984. Alright, that's the year it took place in. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, I I think that without having seen this film and being immersed in its visual styling that's very 1984, it doesn't feel like a 1984 story in any other way. No, it has nothing to do with 1984 particularly. They just wanted to set it in this time period. Right. Aside from the aesthetic, which I have not seen, so it doesn't stick with me. It would if you watched it, Sam. Oh, I'm sure. In fact, why don't you give us a summary, Sam, of part one for our listeners who happen to have just dropped in to part two. Uh, sure. Now, to be clear, this is a summary of the first part of Wonder Woman 1984 with no context from the first Wonder <laughs> Woman movie. So good luck anyone who hasn't seen that one. Also like myself. <laughs> I apologize because I have also not seen it for quite a while. So I was of no help. <laughs> no, it was great. I'm just going to skip the opening scene of Themyscirian Olympics because it seems irrelevant at this point and I don't care. Some of it's a little relevant, but okay. We'll I give mean, it to you. Diana does a thing where she rides a horse wrong and gets <laughs> scolded for it. So yeah, only one part of that whole scene is relevant. But you're you're welcome to skip it. It's fine. I can I can. Is it the golden statue that, at the end? Sort of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's a golden <laughs> statue. I don't remember who the golden statue is of, but they're like, oh, you must be honest and strong, like some statue person. Asteria. Sure, Mysteria. Mysteria? Asteria. 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 I'm like, Mysteria? That sounds way too cool. The greatest warrior. It's the greatest warrior, Sam. All right. I was going to say, Mysteria is way too cool a name for uh, (laughs) this movie. No, Mysteria. Isn't that like... I'm probably wrong. This is terrible. Some kind of (laughs) X-Men. Well, there's Mysterio, isn't there? I don't know, Sam. We don't very little about We're not the people. Yeah, you're not the people that should be asking about the Marvel DC cinematic universes or comic book universes. All right. Well, regardless of our lack of knowledge of superheroes, (laughs) heroines, people's things, we're in 1984. There is a person named Diana Prince because subtlety. And this movie is very tongue-in-cheek, which I appreciate. She is the erstwhile... Is she still the princess of the Amazonians? Or is she, like, giving up her, her throne to go live among the humans? I, Sam, you're assuming that I remember anything from the first movie. I, I don't know if that's in the first movie. That was an issue also brought up on this one. I don't know. No, she's just in 1984. There's okay, no cool. reference to what happened, why she no longer lives on. Right. Well, she left the uh, the island to, like, 
go save people. Sure. I mean, I have no idea why she left the island. It sounds pretty cool there. Uh, moving <laughs> on. I'm going to, there's, there's something about a mall and a robbery, but it's not important. The important thing is a bunch of artifacts get delivered to the Smithsonian Museum as part of A bunch of, of this... artifacts from the robbery. Right. Yes. The robbery is the precipitating incident for the artifacts being delivered to the Smithsonian as part of an investigation by the FBI. And they are so cavalier with this evidence. Like they just say, hand it over and anyone can just walk up and like manhandle the evidence. It's under no scrutiny. I'm sure any court would throw out the evidence as being, you know, mishandled. Like the chain of custody is broken. <laughs> All they ask is that she identifies one of the pieces because they don't know what it is. Yeah, and then she gives it away to some random dude because he donated to the museum. So I'm saying... Do you you remember who it was that is doing the work on this? uh, I remember there's a person, a blonde woman in a pink shirt. Yes. Do you remember her name? Betty? No. No. You had a lot to say about it, though. Oh, 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 oh. I don't remember her name. (laughs) I remember I said I remember I said that it was like Minerva. That's it. <laughs> Barbara Minerva. Is Barbara her name. Minerva. I knew I get the Minerva part. Like Barbara. Who cares? But Good Minerva. Job. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she works with Diana in the Smithsonian. Yeah, so she works with Diana. She's analyzing the citrine, and the word citrine will be said ad nauseum. <laughs> it's true; they do say it quite a lot in the first. If half you didn't of the know movie. the word citrine before, it's like the it's like the writer of the the script writer is like, I learned a new word for a different kind of rock today. <laughs> they can't just say crystal; they have to say citrine every time. Well, they're being technical, Sam. Yeah, I'm sure that the evil oil baron that you called um, your summary of this is terrible. I mean, you're, you're saying all the pieces, but you're not saying them in any kind of comprehensive order. Anyway, Citrine is there. Uh, they're analyzing it. <laughs> Diana accidentally makes a wish on the thing, because apparently this is a magic wishing stone, and no one knows that yet, except for the evil guy who we'll get to. And uh, wind blows, magic wind blows. She's like, oh, that was weird. It's actually really important. There's a lot of magical wind in this movie. Yes, and we'll find out what her magic, what her wish was later. Meanwhile, the evil guy, Maxwell Lord. I can't Good remember that job. one because that was the dumbest name ever. <laughs> <laughs> and he like changed his name from like Maxwell Lorenzo or something. And it was the least subtle name change. Like it was a name change that would not obscure his identity in any way. Do you remember what his son's name was? Um, so Alistair? Lord, yeah, look yeah. at Sam go. <laughs> I remember, like, I remember the fancy names. Anyway, he made a big donation to the museum, and somehow this entitles him to go inside and touch everything. Which, <laughs> yes. you know, that's what happens when you donate a lot of money. I was wondering because I've never been allowed to touch anything in a museum. I wonder if I just give them a bucket of money, can I go and just like you know pet the dinosaurs or something? The real question is: It's supposedly at some point we find out that Max Lord actually has no money. Right. So how do you make the donation? I don't know, Sam. Maybe just. <laughs> a check that will bounce. <laughs> Probably. I mean, that would get them immediate access until they did the funds. Anyway, he's attending some kind of fancy gala honoring the donors. And while there, he and Babs there, they have sex. And <laughs> they while- don't have sex. Well, oh, they might. I mean, you don't know if they have sex. They definitely make out. They do some like cut from the scenes. So you don't actually know how far they go. But I'm just going to assume they have sex because why not? They're both Probably. attractive people, I'm sure. And he somehow pockets this giant stone, this giant citrine mid-romantic dalliance. But she seems to know that he took it. So I don't, he like, it, the scene suggests he's stealing it because he slides it behind his back like he's going to take it from the room. This is prior to coitus. But then they, like, the next scene is her telling Diana that he took it. And I'm like, okay, did he steal it or did he like... Borrow it. <laughs> Maybe she just like guessed he took it afterwards and didn't care. Yeah, that's quite possible. 
And so the deal with this wishing stone, which Max knows all about, is that you're going to make a wish on the stone, but there is some sort of one-sided exchange where when you make the wish, you know this is going to happen, but it's going to take something from you. And what it takes is arbitrary and capricious and subject to change if the stone doesn't like what it took the first time. It's something that you didn't want to give up. I mean, I don't want to give up anything, Daniel. That's how giving up things works. It's just like your greatest thing. That's subjective. Well, yeah, but apparently the stone knows what it is, Sam. Like yeah, all but how come, oh, we'll get to this later, why I think that's nonsense, because Max oh, it's wish, complete nonsense. wishes himself to become the stone, because his plan is to trick people into wishing on it by touching them and making them say sentences that are constructed to maybe be wishes. <laughs> mostly be wishes he does usually phrase it as a wish like you really wish for this to happen right yeah and they're like yeah <laughs> and my and my comment at the time which i stand behind is there are way easier ways to trick people into touching a stone and saying the word wish than to become a magic stone yourself and all the liability that entails well alas he is now the stone too late <laughs> it was his workaround for getting more wishes meanwhile diana at the gala, discovered her ex-boyfriend, Steve. He's not an ex. Been... He's her, her dead boyfriend, Steve. No, he's ex as an ex-living. <laughs> okay, yeah. The ex-living boyfriend, Steve. Yeah. The ex-boyfriend. He is an ex-human being, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> he has been reincarnated. His soul has been shoved into the body of another man whom we know nothing about, and they are totally okay with just taking over this meat puppet of a body and shoving this other dude's consciousness aside. Yep, they totally are. And it is unconscionable. And she gets completely distracted by her mission to figure out what Max is up to and to get the citrine back, because Diana also has the suspicion of what it is. And instead, she goes and has sex with Steve in Steve's the body of person. Body. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I called him the Steve-a-site, because he's a parasite, <laughs> Essentially, inside this is a person's body. Yes, the Steve is eight. And they spend way too long, like, oh, have fun in the 80s, going to museums, cool, get all the new planes, because you're a pilot or we're a pilot, and not enough time trying to stop the evil guy and his plan that Diana has a pretty good sense of what's happening about. Yeah, she lets that go on for far too long. Way too long. So, Maxwell's plan to get back to him and his lovely son, Alistair, is he is an oil magnate. Uh, well, he owns an oil company that is failing. There's all the oil wells they have are dry. And his next big plan is essentially a Ponzi scheme to get the public to invest and buy chunks of his failing oil company and then abscond with the money, I assume. Well, I think his hope is that at some point they might actually find oil. But I mean, realistically, I imagine he's just trying to pay off the higher up people. Yeah, he has the other lower debtors. people monies. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the debtors, he tricks into wishing that the company was doing well. And then that also results in that guy being arrested by the FBI for some reason, because apparently- Because that was the trade. Yeah, but I, it, like, what did it take away from him? Because it didn't, like, if he wasn't committing a crime beforehand, how did they, like, did it- It manifested him, it. It manifested a crime. Like, that's not a trade. You're not, like, taking something away from me. Like, you're giving him a I crime. Think this is, I think this is loosey-goosey in that it, like, it took, took away his power and his status or whatever, which is what the guy wanted to trade for. And it manifested- this FBI raid on his I, I, nonsense, and he maybe he really was trying to avoid taxes. Maybe it was already there. It's just oh yeah, the FBI I'm sure he was avoiding taxes any more than every other billionaire. <laughs> 
Well, apparently caught up to him, Sam. I'm just saying the fact that A, Maxwell as the stone can decide what he takes from people means it's not the most important thing to them. It's whatever he wants from them. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I would say that this movie is very confusing, especially in the latter half about what the rules are for the wishes. The wish stone has no rule. It's a complete <laughs> MacGuffin. It's whatever the plot needs it to be. I'm going to put that I mean, right to be now. fair, it is written or it is created by the god of lies, trickery, which we find out later. The Duke of Deception, Daniel. Duke of Deception, so that that would explain why their rules are kind of all willy-nilly. No, 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 it wouldn't. I mean, (laughs) every proper legend about, you know, the evil trickster has them doing it by the book. They always find a way to work within the system to trick people. They don't just like, if you just make anything up, it's not a trick if you're just like lying to people and changing the rules because not being fooled, they understand what the rules were and they're like, oh, I'm lying. That's not what the rules actually are. Like, that's not a trick. That's just Funny. changing things on people for no reason. <laughs> Maybe he made it when he was drunk and he thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> sure. Point is, I hate the stone rules and they annoy me. Yeah, well, then you're not going to like the second half of this movie, Sam. Can't wait. Anyway, so he strikes oil, gets rich again, and apparently that's not enough for him. He wants to become, like, the numero uno oil baron in the world. Mm-hmm. Again, turning himself into the stone is a terrible idea because once he's done becoming the best oil person in the world, like once he's the richest man in the world, he, he has no way to turn off the stone wishing thing. He, he has no way to stop the whole danger of someone else, like, shaking his hand at a party and going, oh, I wish you hadn't gotten so rich, and then poof. He's done. Yeah, well, that never happens. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it should because, you know, the Midas wishing touch or whatever. Anyway, in the meantime, there's like three different plots at the same time. Diana and Barbara, Diana goes to Barbara's like, hey, what happened to that stone? Do you know where that stone came from? And she was like doing some research on it. That's how they figured out from the trickster god. Also, Barbara had made a wish to become as strong as Diana. To be Diana. Yeah, basically to become her, to be as strong and confident and pretty as her. And... Every man in this movie is a sexual harassing monster, except for the <laughs> main characters. It's true. And she starts just wailing on guys. She's clearly turning evil with her power. So that's happening alongside all the oil baron stuff. Then Diana tries to go confront Maxwell, and she learns that the stone is gone or has you know, disappeared and, and left its golden stand behind, which has all these words of the gods written on it about what it is. So going, oh, it's from the gods. It must be dangerous. And so her and Steve, and perhaps the most confusing part of this movie so far, and if you've heard <laughs> me describe the wishing stone powers, this is going to really impress is they learn that Max has gone to Egypt for, again, reasons I don't understand. He already has successful companies, already chained wealth and power. I don't know why he wants to go to Egypt, but he does. He wants to take on the uh, all the, the oil that the the guy who supposedly is the number one oil baron in the entire world. Yeah. He wants to get all from him. Yeah, it's, it's very stupid because he's already super wealthy and powerful at this point. He could yeah, just Yeah, but he wants there. more. He wants more, Sam. <laughs> it's dumb. This is why villains are morons. Anyway, so Steve and Diana have to go to Egypt. And instead of, you know, rifling through the man whose body they've stolen belongings looking for a passport or just trying to fake it to get on a plane or some other kind of conniving way to sneak Steve onto a plane, they decide to break into a military base and steal a jet and have... Steve, the World War One pilot, fly the 1980s fighter jet, which he somehow is capable of doing, despite them being wildly different technology. Also, I think most fighter jets are, are single-seater, so that's weird. I don't know if it's a fighter jet. It's just a jet. 
<laughs> I don't know. Dave. You just said jet. Like, it could be anything. <laughs> well, I don't know enough about military planes to really speak to it. It just very much looked like a like a two person military sure. aircraft. All right. Well, that's at least my concerns about this scene is how many seats it has because they hop in and she's like, oh yeah. I got this, which is basically like Lex from Jurassic Park going, oh, this is Unix. I know this. <laughs> Best part of the movie. And so he starts flying the plane away. They're immediately caught by the you know, traffic, traffic control. control at the base because, duh. And so Diana magics the plane invisible, which is something heretofore she had no ability to do. That's correct. Good. She thought it into existence. <laughs> she manifested making the plane invisible because her father once hit Themyscira from the humans. And I don't think they did the same. I don't think he just made the island invisible. I think they did like a magic mist or something. Who knows? Point is, not the same, but it works. And they somehow fly this magic invisible jet with enough fuel across the Atlantic to Egypt and back without refueling. I don't know how this <laughs> As far works. as you know, maybe they refueled off scene, Sam. <laughs> Yeah, they, they broke into a military base and stole a bunch of jet fuel. <laughs> you don't know. They don't, because the movie doesn't tell you. It just assumes, yeah, you don't care. <laughs> Meanwhile, Maxwell's confronting some Egyptian oil baron. He's like, oh, I'm going to trick you into giving me all your oil by granting your wish for your homeland to be restored like to you. Like, you used to be the person who ruled this area until it was colonized, so I'm going to let you wish to have it all back into your control. And in exchange, you're going to give me all your oil, which again is a dumb wish. And when that doesn't work out, when he, when he gets all the guy's oil, the guy has no oil because he sold it all, he's like, oh, I'm going to change that immediately and now I'm going to get all your security detail, which is a very bad exchange because security <laughs> detail is not the most important thing to him, A, because those 20 guys he gets from security detail mean absolutely nothing because it controls an army practically. And B, you can't change the terms of the deal after the deal has been struck. Yeah, I can't decide in this movie if they, they lose whatever is most important to them and they lose whatever he decides to change out for the wish i can't i can't decide it's very the point is it <laughs> doesn't make any sense and the movie doesn't seem interested in laying out any clear parameters for how any of this works so meanwhile diana and steve run into max on the road just randomly because apparently egypt is a small town that you can bump into <laughs> people tiny. randomly and they have a big old fight scene where the oil baron's army is fighting his former security detail and Max and fighting Wonder Woman and Steve at the same time. And Wonder Woman lassos a RPG rocket somehow and rides <laughs> it around to save some children. It's very dumb. <laughs> and then they jet back to Washington, D.C. after this encounter because they, they let Max slip through their fingers. They do. But you remember what happens when she's trying to rescue the children? She rides the RPG and like picks them up, right? Yeah, but then her powers start to wane. And the well, last I was going to get to that. I thought out. that happened later. Anyway. Nope, that happened there. All right. Well, her power starts to wane because apparently that's what was exchanged. And apparently the wish had a delay on it for her for some reason where it took <laughs> several days for her exchange to kick in. Well, you see a couple to, things. That's uh, not true. Well, it seems like the oil baron lost all his power immediately. The other investor guy had him arrested by the FBI immediately. But her, it's like a slow process to lose her power. So this Maybe thing, again, she's practically a goddess. <laughs> no, because Barbara doesn't lose anything immediately either. Um, and she's no goddess. Kind of. We'll get into Barbara. But the... If she does have a couple of, Diana does have a couple of scenes early on where she's like clearly struggling with something that should have been easy, but 
it's not registered that it's like because she still has a lot of her power. All so, I'm yes, saying it's waning, is it's, I would say it's very inconsistent when things are exchanged and how they're exchanged. I as don't disagree. As it, yeah, it's just all about dramatic timing. Anyway, the point is they go back talk to Barbara. They learn that the only way to defeat the stone is to either have everyone who wished on it in the now unwish it, and they learn this from a Mayan fortune teller who <laughs> somehow was like a dissimulation of the Mayan Empire, which was destroyed by the stone apparently. And he had a magic book that was passed down to him that Diana could read that at all these details. And so they have to get everyone to give up all their wishes or they have to destroy the stone, which seems like the easier solution is always just to destroy the stone. And right. But it's, in this case, it's destroying Maxwell. Which is, is even stone. easier than destroying the stone, it sounds like. Like he's just a man, a soft, squishy man. <laughs> yes. And Barbara is not on board because she has the total hots for him. Yes. She disappears at the end of the scene. Yeah, and that's the end of this very dumb setup. And I should uh, clarify, because I don't think it's necessarily clear in that scene, but it becomes clear that if somebody renounces their wish, then they get their stuff back that was taken from them. Uh, Which is, again, a very dumb rule. Like, oh, you can have this wish for as long as you want, and then you can give up whenever you're you're done with it. Like, you know, what if I wish for a million dollars, bought a bunch of stuff with it? Like, okay, you get your million dollars back. Oh, I don't have it. Well, I think all your stuff would disappear, because that seems like something the stone would do. Okay. But I could be wrong. What if I ate, like, what if I wished for, like, a chocolate sundae, and then ate it, and then, you know, a few days later, (laughs) after I passed it, like, oh, you can have your wish back, it's there in the toilet. You know, like, this, again, the rules for this thing are very stupid. You're right. There's a way to work around it. However, that doesn't come into play. <laughs> I want to see the trickster god, like, seeing me undo, renounce my chocolate sundae wish, and then, like, a pile of Cuban waste appearing in his lap as, like, here, I've given your wish back. Tricked you now, didn't I? My question was actually, if you renounce your wish, do you get another wish? That's I was about to say that same question, Danielle, <laughs> because that could just be like chain wish. Like, oh, I want to see this movie. Uh, all right. I want my wish back. Oh, I want to see this other movie. And like, I can just keep seeing movies for free or something. Like, <laughs> like low-key use of this magic. Right. Like, the problem everyone has with magic objects like this or like the genie's lamp or whatever is they always wish for these big extravagant things where if you kept your wishes small, they wouldn't blow up in your face all the time. That's probably true. All right. Anyway, so Barbara runs off, disappears as they're at the Mayans, I don't know, warehouse. <laughs> Isn't the Mayan paid by like Dave Patel or something? He's played by somebody, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone distinctly not South American. Yes, we did decide that, didn't we? We might have had some kind of Mayan background. How would I know? I mean, true. I don't know how distantly Ravi, he might be related to it. Ravi Patel. Ravi Patel. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry to Dave Patel. <laughs> <laughs> Last name was correct. All right. Wonder Woman, part two, Sam. So we cut to Maxwell back in his estate castle office, and it's not going well. Oh, the monkey's <laughs> paw wish is going poorly because he made a big one and kept on going for more. Shocking. More, more, more. His eyes are turning red. He's a little crazed. His skin's getting like uh, veins, you know, running across it like he's clearly in ill health. Why? Why is this stone turning? Like, is it going to literally turn into a rock? Because that'd be it, hilarious. No, that would have been funny. But I think it's just taking a lot of energy out of him. And that so caused the eyes to go red and veins to appear. Got it. I don't, Sam, I don't know, but it's just <laughs> obviously having <laughs> some issues. Can we just acknowledge that this movie has has no internal logic? <laughs> no, it does not. That's okay. the reason why it's so much fun. Okay, okay. It's, it's a very fun watch. It's just nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so he is now granting wishes of high up people, obviously, to get what he wants. And he is deteriorating quickly. As I said, I think it's using energy. Did the original stone have like a finite energy supply? Because I don't know, Sam. It Maybe it's just wh- because he's a human and therefore it's like he has a hard time holding all that magic in his own corp. 
girl body. I don't know. No, guy, no, 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 I don't buy it, but go on. <laughs> I don't know. His son is dropped off by his ex during all this chaos, and his Alistair is clearly upset that his dad just doesn't have a lot of time for him, and he overhears Maxwell being upset um, that he's around that day. He's like, what do you mean my son's here? Like, no, he can't be here this today, you know, I've got too much going on, kind Danielle, of thing he overhears. Yeah. Is little Alistair going to make a wish? <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> it's not as exciting as it sounds. Oh, <laughs> well, I want him to like make the wish that like, I wish my father could be around more or I wish my father wasn't so obsessed with his money or something like that, you know? Yes, that would have been funny. However, we'll see what happens in just a moment. Great. <laughs> so he keeps hearing about the, the wishes too, obviously. It's everybody, what everybody's talking about. Everyone knows he's a magic wishing star at this point? Um, It's getting to that point, yes. <laughs> that it's like he's done so many wishes that like people are, you can see they do a couple of shots like outside of his his estate castle office and it's like more and more people are gathering in the streets not only protesters about the oil stuff but then like people who wanting wishes and like it starts to spread that he can basically grant any wish this is why you don't turn yourself into a magic wishing stone for the like and then tell every single person all his staff seems to know at some point right. like he's hired a ton of staff because all his goals so would have been so much easier to accomplish if he like kept the wishing stone as a wishing like say hey I wish the wishing stone was like pocket sized or something to make it more easy to serve touch people with it and make wishes like there are a million better ways he could have achieved his goals without <laughs> turning himself into a giant liability it's more interesting to the story plot if he becomes the wishing star. that was more interesting it's certainly like dubber <laughs> i mean a good to turn it into like a ring or something because then you could just touch people's hand with it right exactly like if you could like shake their hand like a, like a hand buzzer or something <laughs> and you could take it off when you don't want people wishing on you anymore and put it away Good call, Sam. Now we've solved he solved Maxwell's problem. If only he had thought about that or had thought about it any time since then, he could have turned it back into a ring. You think if he was the yeah. if he was the stone and he wanted it to be turned into a ring, would he be turned into a ring? I mean, that'd be hilarious. Because at this <laughs> point, they're the same thing. They're inseparable unless someone wishes they were separate things again. I mean, at this point, he could just give up his wish, have the stone be returned to a stone, and then just use it as before by touching people. Like, if he just gave up his wish, he'd be fine. But if he gives up his wish, I don't think the stone exists anymore. No. It undoes his wish, right? I Sam, I don't know. It seems like Sometimes stuff just doesn't like it doesn't come back. <laughs> How does if I undo my wish and I give the exchange back, I get what I gave you back, and you get what like it should reset to pre wish status. Quo. I don't disagree, but this this movie is not clear on that. <laughs> movie's not clear on anything, Daniel. The more we talk about, the more confused I get. <laughs> It's not any more clear if you're actually watching it. Okay, well, at least there's that. But at least it's fun. So he's sitting with his son, you know, being like, no, I totally wanted to see you. You know, just we're super busy right now, kind of trying to talk him, you know, down. And the son is, t like, touching, is he's touching his son. And his of son course. wishes he was around more. I and called Maxwell, it. Well, Maxwell, like, instantly lets go of him. So the wish he, like, manages to, like, the timing manages so that it doesn't actually get granted. Oh, wait, 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 wait. How far into the sentence, I wish you were around more, does he get before he lets I go? I think maybe. I don't know, Sam. I'd have to rewatch it. But it's pretty much at the same time he says, I wish that he lets go of him. <laughs> uh, here, again, another question. Do you have to be holding the stone for the whole time or just when you initiate the wish? I don't know that, Sam. Neither it seems like movie. for the whole full thing. I don't know. I'd have to go back through the movie and see how long he holds people's hands or whatever <laughs> when people are making wishes. I didn't think about all that. You should do that, Come back with a spreadsheet of all the times being held for wishing. Do not care that much. <laughs> oh, darn. 
And he tells his son, he's like, you can't just use one of your wish, your your one wish to wish for stuff you already have. Uh, like, I'm, already, I'm already here right now. <laughs> he, has, he has a concept of him being a better father than he is. He's like, you wish for greatness for success. Don't you see that my greatness is your greatness? And the kid reaches out to him and says, then I wish for your greatness. And like, he can't get away from him. The kid like grabs his leg or something so like wait. that. Is he wishing to have his greatness or wishing for his father to be great? Wishing for his father to be great. That is not clear in the wish. This is why you must be grammatically proper <laughs> in all your wishes. Be explicit because the monkey's paw is going to interpret that in any way it can. Sure, but except he's the monkey's paw, so he can interpret it however he wants. Does he interpret it? Because again, it doesn't like he has really, does he control how the wishes are granted and what he takes from people? Um, he definitely controls what he takes from people because he'll say out loud that I'm taking your XYZ. But do the... The, I don't know if he has control over how the wish happens. Okay, so that's maybe why he wished to become the stone, so he can control what he takes from people. But even so, that seems like an awfully like dangerous path just for that minor bonus you get. Yeah, I don't know, Sam. He's taking what he wants with his wishes. Sure. So the dad's kind of like touched that his son, you know, wants the best for it, but also horrified that he used his one single wish on this. <laughs> well, he is a kid. Kids are idiots. <laughs> yeah. So he leaves the office. Like I said, it's now crowded with workers because you remember last time he wished that he had a bunch of people oh. to help. The secretary did, assistant. Another question, sorry. Mm -hmm. When Diana got her wish, she was thinking it. So you don't get to say wish, you just have to have a thought of a wish while touching someone? Uh, maybe somebody could think of a wish, Sam. I don't know. Well, it's Diana did, right? From that. No, she said it like to herself in her head. Yeah, but she, was, she didn't say it out loud. Right, she didn't say it out loud. So my point is, all you have to do is touch the guy and think in your head, I wish X, Y, Z. Like, so he could be, anyone could just be like casually leaning against him and making a wish silently and he'd have no clue. Yes. Possibly, <laughs> but you don't see that happen. You don't see it. You see it spiral out of control, but not that out of control. <laughs> I'm just saying there's so many ways this goes wrong. <laughs> it, it does go wrong all by itself, Sam. So he walks up to one of the men in his office and he's like, don't you wish that I had an audience with the president today? And the guy, you know, is kind of a little bit of a butt kisser. He's like, of course I do, sir. Like, hey, I thank you so much for letting me work here. I so appreciate you. And Maxwell immediately realizes because nothing happens. He doesn't have magic wind. He realizes that he let the man use his wish the day before. So he goes off to find another person. Running out people to <laughs> use your wishes on, my dude. So outside his office, the crowds are now like insane. As I said before, I assume people know that he can make wishes because there's a lot of people there. <laughs> Another question, Danielle. Sorry, I'm going to derail this with a lot of questions about how the stone works because I, I think it's integral to the story. <laughs> I also cannot answer any of these questions, Sam. Yeah, I'm going to pose them anyway. <laughs> when somebody touches him, does it have to physically touch him or it can be like touching his clothing? Because if his son was like grabbing his arm, like grabbing his shirt sleeve, he wasn't actually in like skin to skin contact. I'm pretty sure he grabs, I want to say he grabs his leg and he has pants on, so it must work. Because how far does that extend out then? Like, if he wrapped it off in plastic wrap, that wouldn't stop you from wishing on him. But if he, like, sat in a car and he was touching the car and you were touching the car, does that count? You know, I'm not even sure if he has to hold the person, touch the person. What are the rules? <laughs> okay, now I'm wondering because there's a scene in just a minute where he gets into a car and he, like, tells the driver because they're crowded, like, people are surrounding the car, they can't go anywhere. And he's like, don't you wish everything would kind of part like the Red Sea and there's no traffic? And the guy's like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? I wish, yeah, I totally wish that. And then everything kind of clears up and he's able to drive out. What? And I don't think he's touching the guy, but I could be wrong. He might have leaned forward and, and touched his shoulder or something. Oh, oh my gosh, Danielle. No. <laughs> I, I, I have to let this go. I know I have to let how the stone works go because the movie doesn't care how the stone works. It just wants it to be a useless plot device and MacGuffin. That's fine. Absolutely. I get that. But 
again, the premise of our show is to try to share and make sense of these weird things. And so I have to at least ask these very relevant questions. I mean, I think they're totally valid questions, Sam. The movie just doesn't have answers for you. And I don't because the movie doesn't. <laughs> well, let's start making them up. So Cities in Chaos, there's a riot at the Saudi embassy because of all the stuff going on on the other side of the world. And everybody's wishes have gotten like clearly out of hand. There's just like cows walking through the the park like Who wished for that well somebody wished for a farm i guess and the farm appeared like right where they were standing <laughs> who, who did he like let wish for a farm i don't know sam <laughs> he probably I, took something from the guy <laughs> sure okay anyway it's just it's chaotic there's like everything outside of his building is just massive chaos so we cut to diana steve is checking out her apartment he's finally gotten to their apartment not to that random engineer's apartment which they just totally <laughs> occupy without his consent <laughs> they did and he's looking at all the mementos and pictures and he gets kind of like a sad look on his face and when diana approaches him he says they have to talk basically implying that he has to go back like he's he shouldn't be there a he absolutely should not be there but not because she's like moved on and lived a whole life without him, but because he is taking over a sentient man's body and using well, yeah, him as a meat puppet. He doesn't seem concerned about that. He seems more concerned that like he's out of time and Diana, you know, has a whole world she can be living in and other people she could be with. See, that's so easily overcomable uh, <laughs> to be like, oh, let me like if you love her and she loves you, you will find a way to make it work. Like, that's not terrible. I mean, I'm sure there would be some like weird displacement or whatever feelings of displacement and not belonging, but you can work on that with a therapist. The fact they are so concerned with this poor man's body is, uh, they are the villains of this movie to me. Yeah, it 100% never comes up. Like, he never once says, I should probably get out of this guy's body. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm assuming she reverses the wish at some point. Do we ever see, just tell me now, I don't even know how it happens. So let me know, does this engineer man ever come back? And is he ever like, what did you do to my body? You have violated me. Um, He briefly comes back. He does not seem to recall anything. Terrible. Diana is a monster. <laughs> I don't know how they explain, like, days of his life lost. <laughs> Absolute monster. Like, he probably got fired from his job for not showing up for days unannounced. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> his family might be worried sick about him. Who knows? Apparently not. He's apparently just a single guy who has single absolutely guys no, still have no friends and or parents. family and has a job that he can work from home in, Sam. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> crazy absolutely nonsense <laughs> he's one of those people who die in a city apartment and nobody knows that they're dead <laughs> he's still a human being and yeah show some respect i am not arguing that he deserves respect i'm saying that apparently he has absolutely no social life or work life and so nobody notices he's gone apparently that's even sadder <laughs> i can only assume okay so she basically is like, I don't want to hear this. Like she says, she gives everything that she has every day, and she's and she's happy to, but she doesn't want to give this back. It's the only thing she's ever wanted and the only joy she's ever asked for. Oh, Diana, you're such a drama queen. Move the heck on. <laughs> and he's like, that's crazy. There's a whole world out there for you to experience, and a whole world of other men. And um, you know, we're not. I'm not really sure we have a choice. You kind of, you have to do this. <laughs> Why is Steve suddenly? the more heroic person than like oh Diana does not come out well in this movie well I think the point of this movie is to show that she has this like human broken side like they try, are trying to explore that in this movie that she sure is not always strong 
I get that. I just don't know if turning her into like a complete villain is the way to do that. I don't think, well, I mean, she's completely villain for not caring about this guy's body, but it doesn't last very long. I mean, she obviously gives up her wish, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not about how long it lasts. It's about the moral compass. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you can't be perfect all of the time. They're trying to show that she's human and makes mistakes and then tries to rectify them. It's supposed to be a bigger story, Sam. She can't be perfect 100% of the time. I, uh, I just say there is a fine line between, you know, the error is human and sociopathy. <laughs> okay, well, she's only a sociopath for a few days. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes it all right then. I'm a murderer. I was literally a serial killer for a few days back in the 80s. It's fine. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Okay, so she tells him there has to be a way to bring Maxwell down and to keep him in her life. No, there isn't. And I get over it. So inside, she has a secret spy room in her house, Sam. Oh, oh, sure. It's got a bunch of TVs in it. It's like monitoring the city. Got it. (laughs) And apparently in the corner, all wrapped up in some canvas, is the armor of the greatest warrior, Asteria. Oh, she's back. Gold thing with wings. Why does she get that? Because she's the special chosen one, Sam. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sure she's there's the a She's the greatest warrior. Uh. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's probably a story in the first one. Um, I know she found the... She went in search of Asteria who disappeared. Or to... I would like go into the story in a little bit, but I'll tell them the story. I'll tell you the story, Sam. <laughs> tell me the story. So when mankind enslaved the Amazons, her mother freed them. But someone had to hold everybody, all the, the men back so that they could escape to their island. And the others gave up their armor to make her stronger. So Asteria is the one that stayed back and sacrificed herself for them so they could get off and get to their secluded island. Wait, 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 wait. So Asteria had armor and they gave up their armor to make her armor stronger? Yeah, I assume, Sam, I also had the same question, but I'm assuming it's some kind of magical thing because it's just one piece of armor. So right, it must yeah, have merged together somehow. It didn't like turn into a Voltron of like armor, you know, which no, like, is like stomping around. It's a gold onesie and then it has giant gold like eagle wings essentially on the back. Like, when you say onesie, do you mean like footy pajamas? No, it's like a jumpsuit. Because <laughs> I want to see like the footy pajama, like the rabbit, the rabbit, the bunny footy pajama armor. <laughs> no, it's all very like sculpted to her body, obviously. And I imagine she has boots or something on. I wasn't paying that much attention to her shoe. All right. Well, okay. I'm assuming it's a magical thing, the armor, because I. But my my vision of like the armor pieces flying off the Amazonians, like forming the leg and the other leg and the arm. I mean, maybe it could have happened like that. You don't really see that part. <laughs> <laughs> they do a flashback, but you don't see that part. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Love it. When she came here, we're assuming to this part of Earth. <laughs> so, <know>. Asteria. <laughs> okay. Back up for a moment. Sorry. Oh my gosh, Sam. <laughs> Themyscira is an island, presumably somewhere near Greece. Uh huh. Asteria is protecting them in Greece. And she's like, let me just go wander around a few continents, you know, walk across the land bridge to North America or something. <laughs> After saving all my people, protecting them, instead of like maybe joining them on their magical island. Well, she like disappeared. Like she sat, the, the phrasing suggests, again, I don't know the story, but the phrasing says that she sacrificed herself for them, which seems to suggest that she might have died. But okay, Diana says when she, when she came here, quote unquote, whatever that means, she searched what? for How her. How could dead? Well, yeah, but she searched for her just maybe on the off chance that she survived i don't know but she only found her armor so her armor may have been transported to the new world by some other means or she left it there or i don't know sam there's i i don't know i don't know (laughs) 
<laughs> and you'll forgive again. This is a another movie, much like uh, the story "Full on the Hill," that focuses on Western myths and you know treats the New World as "quote unquote" the New World, even though we're people here already. So we're not trying to perpetuate those Eurocentrisms, but that's what this movie's about. So we're gonna have to focus <laughs> it's on that. True, it is. And I'm sorry to everybody that we don't know the actual plot of Wonder Woman. <laughs> Well, also, I'm sorry to, as I said in Full on the Hill, I'm sorry to all the native peoples, like the Mayans, who this movie just treats as ancillary to Western civilization. Yes, all of that is true. However, here we are with Wonder Woman. <laughs> yes, I'm just saying. I don't know enough about the woman woman those two. The Wonder Woman mythos to <laughs> Woman Woman. <laughs> I don't know if I quite said it that way. I think I just misspoke slightly. It's funny. Um, Wonder Woman mythos to really like get down as to whether or not it's offensive to any cultures. Well, I mean, to be fair, there are many, many stories in comics, especially from back in the day, that are offensive to many cultures. Uh, we're, not, we're not here to dissect that. That is uh, another podcast for people much more qualified than ourselves. Absolutely. So, found the armor, Sam. She found the armor. She found the armor and just like kept it in her closet. And kept it in her closet. (laughs) Her secret spy closet. Ridiculous. On her secret spy cams, she sees Maxwell leaving. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, Sam. She has secret spy cams. Secret spy camps all across the city? Yeah, they're like, they just show, they're basically like, I would imagine, almost tapped into the city feed of like cameras because she sees people walking around all over the place. Two things about this. Creepy. One, yeah, very <laughs> creepy. I was going to say, this is kind of like the moral dilemma from the, the Dark Knight movies where, you know, Batman has his secret cell phone tapping thing and they have this whole story, like, oh, this is a, a terrible thing and it has to be destroyed because it's, you know, a gross violation of people's privacy. Diana, no concern for that at all and doesn't even come up. <laughs> B, I don't know if she hears people, but she definitely sees them on the camera. Yeah. Uh, a B, whether that, like, I don't know what the state of public surveillance was in the in the early 80s, if it was as prominent as it is now, because it seems like she might not get as much information from that as this movie is implying she could. Well, I don't know if it's tapped into the feed or if she created her own feed, Sam. If she created her own network of cameras, it's way worse. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, Sam. You literally see this room for like two seconds. She like, <laughs> Goes in, well, no, two minutes. She goes in there with Steve, shows him her thing, which he seems vaguely unsurprised about. That was kind of like, well, this is cool. And then she tells him the story about the armor. All right. I'm just saying, there's nothing kosher about this. I think Steve, like, looks at one of the, the screens and is like, that's Maxwell. He's leaving. <laughs> like, or something. <laughs> the man from 90s is like, oh, not impressed by this technology. <laughs> So, Diana, oh, Maxwell's leaving to meet the president, obviously, because that's what he was trying to wish for earlier. What are you going to do with the president? Like, hey, give me drilling rights. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, actually, sort of that. (laughs) What a useless, this is what lobbyists are for. You can do the same thing with money. It happens all the time. Nope, he's making it faster, and he also asks for some other stuff, obviously. Ridiculous. Literally, in a few minutes, we'll get there. I, I mean, not to get too political, but the wealthy already own the government pretty much. He doesn't need to waste wishes on this. Well, we'll get there. So he's meeting with the president. Diana's shown up um, at the... Okay, so earlier, when she went to the party... <laughs> remember when she went to the party, Sam? Yeah, and forgot her whole you know, raison d'etre for being there. Right, so she's at the party, and one of the guys that hit on her was talking about how he was like a White House staffer now and had been asked for by name, and you know, was trying to hit on her using like, I'll give you a personal tour of the White House if you, you ever come over. show you a weekend bedroom? Yeah, exactly. And nice. so Diana... So they're, they're leaving to go get 
which uh, Maxwell, like he, Diana, like steps out and is like, "I'm gonna go fight him," but he's gonna go, like kidnap him, kill him, whatever. And she, he's Steve's like, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! There's got to be like an easier way than than what you're wanting also, to do. You don't you don't have any powers, right?" Let's <laughs> say her powers are gone. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, you are now an ordinary woman. And no yeah, she offense. still has like half her powers, I no. would say. They kind of come and go. I'm but she saying, doesn't have enough. Any single individual, I mean, you can assassinate people pretty easily, I guess, but like, I don't think it'd be as easy as you think. No. So she, he reminds her that she basically was like going to be powerless pretty soon and she can't just go after the wishing stone guy. And so she ends up, uh, I guess, calling the guy that was hitting on her, getting the personal White House tour, but she brings Steve with her, which I'm sure the guy was probably not expecting. Or if he's the right kind of guy, he's like, boom. <laughs> he might be. That's true. So he he genuinely is giving them a tour. He's clearly very enthusiastic about the history of the White House, and they sneak away as he's talking. Does the White House not have any security? Apparently not. So <laughs> uh, back in with the president, Maxwell is like, so you're having some troubles. And the president is like, yeah, big trouble with Russia, which doesn't age well. Um, uh, well, to be <laughs> fair, it was 1984, kind of middle Cold War era. Uh, well, not yeah. middle core, you know, but still Cold War era. Cold War one, yeah, it was. And Max tells him that he he knows he's a man of faith and he's been very blessed. He's been a very blessed man, and he wants to share it with him. So what what does he need from the universe? What does he wish for? Vision um, board it. <laughs> And the president says, what else is there but more? More nuclear warheads, more than they have. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wrong wish, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if we had that, then they would have to listen. And, and no. Max immediately is kind of like, yeah, that's an interesting take on that. But okay, I'll give you that. But I want all your power, influence, and authority and all the respect you command. And he just, he, I mean, the president doesn't agree to that. He just has it happen on him. Again, this thing well, He kind of is like, it feels like every time this kind of stuff happens, this like because he made the no one the, believes him so they sort of like agree to it yeah and in this case the president was like kind of forced into this meeting by the wish right so he's kind of a little out of it kind of like like how did i end up here who are you sort of thing like he just but he's yes okay but also his wish is dumb you don't wish for more nuclear warheads for yourself you wish that your enemy has no nuclear warheads and therefore <laughs> yes. like just be like Russia has had more nuclear warheads in the United States for a very long time. It does not make us capitulate to all the demands. Right. And we'll get into that shortly with how bad this wish was. <laughs> it is. the Like, this is how you get mutually assured destruction is by, you know, an arms race. Like, this is all yes. it is. It's just an arms race escalation. It doesn't mean that you've suddenly won. That's 100% what happens. <laughs> how did this guy get elected? He's Well, I mean, to be fair, he... Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, why do I even ask how a moron got elected president? That's a, a dumb question. Yeah, so no surprise, <laughs> that's what he wished for. Sorry, sorry, let's go. <laughs> so he basically says, you know, I want all your power, influence 30, et cetera, et cetera. Now, tell your people that I don't want any taxes, laws, et cetera, to be governing me. Basically, he wants, like, to clear the way for his business. This is so stupid. He could just have someone wish that he had no restraints without having to, like, get the president to enact it. Yes, but it's more dramatic if there's an arms race involved, Sam. <laughs> uh, there's also just so many other ways. Like, if you just want to be supreme ruler of the earth, you know, like Dr. Evil, you want to rule the world or whatever, there we could just wish for that instead of, like, trying to go through the political channels. He does seem to be going, like, step by step to world domination, and I think it's funny because he could just wish it into existence. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He could do, like, 
you know, Jafar or whatever and be like, I wish to be the most powerful man in the universe or whatever. It's funny that you mentioned Jafar because I totally said in my notes that he was acting like the Sultan and Aladdin under the influence of Jafar because he's definitely like, yes, right away, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> There's so many parallels. This is one of the few properties that isn't owned by Disney, so. <laughs> and so as Maxwell's leaving, he's like kind of gloating to himself like, yeah, I'm in charge of everything. I have all the power. He spies. Yeah, soon to be destroyed world. <laughs> he spies a poster board that's like on an easel because apparently uh, it's a high school presentation <laughs> going on in the Today in my science office. fair project, I like to talk about mutually assured destruction. <laughs> Made me laugh. And he's like, what's this? And they're kind of like, they have the, it's a, it's a diagram, kind of like an architectural diagram. And then it has like blueprints. And then it has like uh, the, the little radio signal like printed all over it. Radio signal? Yeah, like the little lines that like a speaker signal. Oh, the curved like the the curve Wi-Fi like line. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. And... The president, he goes like, what is this? What is? What are all these poster boards? And the president is like, this is a global broadcast satellite, top secret program that enables us to override any broadcast system in the world in case they need direct contact with the people of an enemy state. Okay. A uh, couple of things. You're going to have so many questions about this. Sam. There's so I'm, much I'm about to it. say a bunch of stuff. First <laughs> things first. I'm not surprised by the poster board. I, I take this back because if you've ever seen, uh, you know, congressional debate, they have poster board, like high school level poster boards all the time when they're debating. And this is the stuff. 80s. So, you know, PowerPoint wasn't as big. <laughs> yeah. No, like today they still use like, here's my giant picture of, you know, a graph or whatever that doesn't make it, I'm going to misrepresent to try and make a political point. So that's like, I think most Congress people are basically like doing high school presentations when they're debating a bill on the floor. So I'd have to imagine. The more I think about it, the less that surprises me. But let's talk about this satellite for a moment, Danielle. <laughs> they have an explanation of it. Would you like it? No, because I'm actually <laughs> a question first, and I, I want to see the explanation can answer it. <laughs> uh-huh, go ahead. If it is a satellite broadcast, has it override cable? which doesn't use broadcast. Like, it's wires. It's like a a, a digital signal in in a wire. I don't know if this answers it, Sam, because I don't know enough about technology. But I can tell you what they say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's that's, that's my first concern of many, is how does it override, like, direct wire-to-wire connections? But I wrote this down specifically because I thought you might have some opinions. (laughs) (laughs) You know me so well, Danielle. It apparently uses particle beam technology, just yes. like the Star Wars program. Nope. And then it based the landscape in a signal of particles that goes in and fiddles, quote unquote, with any technology it touches. Okay. Didn't Star Wars use lasers? Sam, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, all right, all right. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know if this movie is stupid or as soon as the audience <laughs> is stupid enough to believe the phrase, oh, it just fiddles with things and magically the TV changes to whatever we want it to be. Well, the thing is, is the president's explaining it and the president clearly even says at one point, like, that's how it was explained to me. Okay, so he's just, an idiot. You're, Got yeah, it. you're just getting the, like, <laughs> general idea. I think that's how they're trying to, like, wave it away. It's like, All well, right. a guy that was it was explained to is explaining it to someone else. To be fair, if I was trying to explain a complicated piece of science to the president, I'd probably dumb it down to a second grade level too. So, <laughs> and Maxwell is like touches, like the particles you send out are touching things. And oh the president, no! I know the president is like. I mean, it's a figure of speech, but essentially that's how it was explained to me. This gets into a whole can of worms. <laughs> what it means to touch something, because anyone who loves you know random science facts knows that like touching things like you don't actually come like atom to atom contact doesn't happen you have the electric fields from from the 
outer layer of electrons are like repelling each other. So you never like, what does physical contact mean? Like we haven't defined what it means to touch something. And well, so apparently we have in this movie. <laughs> but in, in, if you have like a particle beam, are the particles contiguous or are they like, if you have like a stream of water and you're touching one end of the water in the other end, if the you know, water is contiguous, sure, if it's laminar, but if it's like broken with the little droplets, is that still touching it? And like how fine do those droplets have to be before knowing, like this is insane, Danielle. This is crazy. <laughs> I knew you'd think it was crazy. <laughs> this is like, I'm usually, I'm not usually super pedantic. I mean, I am super pedantic, but I'm not usually like so critical of bad sci-fi in movies because it's usually just sort of there to facilitate the plot. Like, I don't care how the transporter beam works in Star Trek. Like, it's whatever. It's fine. But this movie makes such a big deal of its technology <laughs> And it tries to explain it in such a way that you're like, oh, this is going to make sense for how it's going to be used by our evil dude. But it botches it so badly that's impossible to ignore. I love it. <laughs> so Max, Max is like, I need to access the system. And also I need a chopper to get wherever that access is. <laughs> so now, I, I mean, okay, I'm assuming he's going to do is he wants to broadcast this so he can grant wishes en masse and take things from the entire population of Earth, right? Yes. Has he not learned... No. From his current experience <laughs> that granting everyone on the planet every random wish they're thinking of in a particular moment is going to be just complete disaster. He's obsessed with I show power over a world that's in chaos, I guess, because I don't understand what you would even be. Like, like what is his... Like, the destruction of everything means that, like, your oil is not going to have any... Right. I mean, oil only has worth if you can sell it to people driving cars and infrastructure <laughs> like, refineries yeah, and, you know, <laughs> pipelines and things like this. If everything's in chaos, like, what are you even... Where are you going to sell your stuff? <laughs> right. Like, this is... I'm sorry. Like... Even if the technology and the wishing stuff didn't make sense, but the villain had a clear goal that they were working towards, that the you know the, the protagonists were working against, that at least gives you a story to hang your hat on. Like you can ignore all the nonsense explanations because you have a clear sense of plot and story and like what the conflict is. This guy is so irrational and his goals are so obtuse that I can't follow. Like I have no way of knowing what's going on or if there's anything working for or against him or like what. It's all just like a. <laughs> In, I, I have no investment. <laughs> That's uh, probably accurate. I mean, he's clearly struggling for power, but it's very vague as to like what his end goal is. Right. So I have no investment in like him achieving his goal or not because I have no idea what his goal is and what the implications of his goals are. I think he's just drunk on power. Okay. I mean, that's interesting in and of itself. I suppose he's a man gone insane, but... I don't know. I feel like the story is trying to be more logical than that. It kind of is, but it doesn't. It feels like he has some kind of plan because he's going from thing to thing to thing. Like he clearly has something in his his mind as to how yeah. this is supposed to work out. But you don't, as a as a watcher, quite understand where his final like goal is. It it's it spins out of control very quickly. I remember the very first time I watched this movie, I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> and to be clear, there was a lot of fun to be had in just watching a dude so chaos and all the fallout from that. I'm not saying this makes this a movie that isn't fun to watch. I'm just saying in terms of like, oh, that was a really interesting or that story, you know, stuck with you or like, oh, it was more than just dumb punch him up fun. I can't really fathom how that works. Exactly. So anyway, Sorry, he's uh, apparently going to go tangent. broadcast himself, Sam. <laughs> That was a big tangent, and I, and I don't understand how you're going to broadcast him from a satellite. Does he have to be up in the satellite where the particle beam is originating from? Because I want to see him go to space. No, it's not anything that happens. You'll find <laughs> That's out That's unfortunate. <laughs> so he walks out of the president's office, I assume as you have office, and Diana apparently is there, I guess she... 
didn't there were no people there with guns i don't know sam it's amazing <laughs> that they just keep running into each other randomly in these giant cities well diana grabs well she knows he was going there she watched him so diana grabs the heck out of him with her lasso of truth and now she's in full costume obviously and the secret service starts to shoot at <laughs> Wait, her how did she change she just magically changed the next scene you saw her and she was in her outfit <laughs> sam I, I don't know how she changes she changed in the car that one time <laughs> i wanted to see her do the spin around thing like from the old tv show I did not see that. She just randomly had her outfit on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I don't like, I as, as we talked about in the last episode, her outfit's so dumb because it does not cover up who she is at all. In fact, it covers up way less of her than her original clothes do. <laughs> it's wild. And so like anybody who sees both of them knows exactly who she is. Great. No secret identity. <laughs> no secret identity. So the Secret Service starts to shoot at her and... She gets wounded a couple times, not like deadly, you know, deathly wounded, but scratched. Yeah, scratched. And Steve uses a platter to like ricochet some bullets away from them. Does he do the Captain America thing? <laughs> yeah, he puts it out in front of him and like runs across the hallway trying to grab her and like pull her out of danger. <laughs> a platter. It's such a small, like the Captain America shield is already dubious. A platter <laughs> would do nothing. No, and you see the bullets, like, put giant holes, like, not holes, but big dents in it. And I'm like, the bullets would go through that sucker. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's thick, hardened steel. It's probably, like, you know, either a, a, a thin layer of stainless or aluminum or something. <laughs> Crazy. So the fight ensues in the hallway. Diana's clearly struggling because she's losing her powers rapidly. And she's also trying not to kill them since they're under Maxwell's influence. So it's, like, extra hard because she's just knocking them out, which she doesn't have a lot of power to do. Oh, so now she has a moral compass about, you know, destroying people's consciousnesses. Yes. <laughs> So just as they gain an edge and come down on Maxwell, who's like, they've taken out all the, the Secret Service and Maxwell's on the floor whimpering like, don't kill me. They're stopped by a pair of hands, which pushes them across the room. Do you know is who it is? it Barbara? It's Barbara. Barbara Minerva. <laughs> she's kick butt and she's got her studded leather jacket and animal print mini skirt, thigh high boots on. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> she's like, I can't let you do this, Diana. I can't let you stop Max. You're not the only one with something to lose. So what is she more concerned about? Is she more concerned with her having the hot for Max or more concerned about losing her power? I think it's probably like 60-40, 70-30. Like she's definitely more involved in her powers. Okay. She doesn't want to lose that. She tells Diana that turning out turns out wishing to be like you came with some surprises. And now she's kind of feeling very powerful in her current form and doesn't want to lose that and be her old self. See, that makes sense to me. That's a villain motivation I understand. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, she doesn't want him to hurt Max, partly because she, you know, is into him, but also mostly because she doesn't want to lose her power that she's gotten. So I'm um, assuming, I know you don't have to answer this because the rules are nonsense, but the idea is if you destroy the stone, all the wishes get reversed? Yes. Or disappear or whatever. I don't know what the... I don't know if it yeah. just goes back to normal or if it's just everybody lost their stuff all of a sudden. Another question I had. This has been a stone throughout history, right? Yes. Does it, like, how far back do all the reversals go? <laughs> I don't think they've ever been reversed. I think it just, just, they always talk about how the stone was there during this destruction of civilization. Right, 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 right. So, like, if the stone destroyed the Mayan civilization, for instance... Mm -hmm. and you destroy the stone, would it like retroactively rebuild the mind civilization because the wish that destroyed the mind civilization would no longer be in effect? I don't know the answer to that. It seems to suggest that if the civilization gets destroyed, then it's like reset. It does never say that. That's just totally my guess because it, they don't seem to tie into any past wishes. Okay. I'm, it seems to be all like current current use of wishes. <laughs> that's very convenient and how they define what current use of wishes means. Yeah, I don't, I don't know because, I mean, we're assuming 
that thing hasn't been seen in you know, hundreds of years, the stone. All right, I'm sorry. I know I, I am getting way deep into the weed of how this stone works, Danielle, <laughs> but it is, to be fair- No, totally valid question, Sam. <laughs> a central part of the story that they try to you know use the rules of the stone to create tension and drama, but if you don't know what the rules of the stone are, that tension and drama doesn't make any sense. It does not. But we just kind of go with it, and there's a fight between Diana and Barbara, of course, and- Diana's like, you have to stop. You have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. You can't handle this power. And Barbara's like, oh, poor little old me, too dumb to understand. Not, I mean, not strong enough to hold on to this. And Diana's like, that is not what I meant. <laughs> and tries to lasso her, but Barbara breaks free and slams Diana against the wall. Oh, no. I know. And she tells Maxwell to run. So she saves him. I w- Again, is this going to be a Jafar situation where her wish become like Diana comes with all of the downsides and restrictions that being princess of the amazonians comes with nope <laughs> oh well that would been way interesting <laughs> as diana's like you know so she's like she's almost passed out on the floor she's super bloody and obviously not doing well and and barbara's just standing there watching her and diana's like what did you give up for this barbara and, and barbara's kind of confused and diana explains it's the monkey's paw she had to give up something to get that power and she asks her where her warmth is her joy where's her humanity you're attacking innocent men barbara so barbara gave up her compassion to become all-powerful. Like, gave up everything that made her her. Yeah. I mean, we can debate what makes a person a person, but it sounds like not a bad deal for her. Like, it's like, <laughs> like she, in her current state, would be like, that is okay with me. Yeah, because because she's lost all that, you think she'd be like, well, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. She'd be like, I'm all-powerful, and I have nothing holding me back, like a conscious. That just means I can achieve all my ambitions with no hindrance. Yes, exactly. But does this actually cause her to like, oh no, I've lost my humanity. No, no. Barbara kind of reflects on it and she's like, forget about me. What's it costing you? Because she's like lying on the ground, weakless and defenseless. And she's like, if you go after Max Lord, I will destroy you. And she sashays off and ends up on the chopper that Max is taking off with to go to the broadcasting system. <laughs> does she not, I mean, I know that Maxwell's insane and destroying the world means nothing to him. Does Barbara not understand what his end goal is to destroy the world, essentially, like unintentionally or not? I'm not sure she, it never really comes up. I'm not sure she cares. I think she's really So both of them are just struck. gone completely off the rocker. Yeah, I think she's just very like possessive of this newfound confidence that she has. I mean, I think she's, I don't, I think she doesn't realize that she could have that same ability if she wasn't Diana. And again, I know we're delving way deeper into this movie than this fun little romp really you know, deserves <laughs> to like the character motivations and, and the systems. But I do think there's a lot of really interesting ideas here. It is. I actually, I think Barbara's character is really super interesting. Yeah. So cut scene. To the president, who's being told that the Russian satellite system has picked up on their sudden increase in nuclear weapons and is readying for war. Uh, least shocking result ever. <laughs> yeah. And the town's a hot, hot mess. There's like mass hysteria. There's rioting in the streets. Like, it's just chaos. And Steve is holding up Diana as he maneuvers them through the street to safety. He finally kind of pushes her aside into a kind of a building opening and stops and, and tells her that she knows what she needs to do. The world needs her, Sam. Give up the wish. Become Wonder Woman again. <laughs> He's like, I had a great life and was better for having you in it, but I'm not like I shouldn't be here and you need to to save the world. She Question. cries. Yeah. Question. Unrelated to any of what we're just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Steve's noble sacrifice in the original Wonder Woman, and if you don't remember, he did I a- remember. 
No, I'm saying to the audience. If they don't oh. remember what it was. <laughs> I was like, I remember. I told you. Yeah, you told me. I was saying, for, for those who, who may not remember, because we didn't cover it in the summary, he did an Independence Day where he flew a plane into the big bad structure thing, whatever, and destroyed it. Kind Do of. Do you think his sacrifice is cheapened <laughs> if he's brought back to life? He's like, oh, I nobly sacrificed myself to save Maddie. No, I'm alive again. I guess that didn't really matter. No, I mean, he still managed to save the day when he blew up the Sure, sure, sure. I mean, not that he didn't stuff. save the day, but like, it's not as much of a sacrifice if he if he gets resurrected. Yeah, well, he's re-sacrificing, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, India. I'm just trying to like... I mean, wouldn't it be nice that you sacrificed yourself but you and you saved the day, but you managed to survive? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying the penchant for superhero movies to resurrect their characters all the time really makes any character sacrifice hard to take seriously. It does. But, you know, I'd be glad if I came back after, oh, you know. Oh, I'm not saying he would be happy for it. It just means like these these like, oh, you're supposed to feel sad and like sorrow and the nobility of this person's sacrifice. But, like, yeah, they just get resurrected anyway. So it's really not a big deal. <laughs> well, he only comes back for a few days. <laughs> Fair enough. So she's crying. She's like, I'll never love again. And he tells her he hopes that isn't true because there's a big, wonderful world out there and it deserves to have her in it. And she can go and have a new boyfriend if she wants one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that Steve's message for her is basically like, hey, you've had 70 years. You can move on. Also, like, it feels like the last panel of Calvin and Hobbes. And it's like, it's a beautiful world, Hobbes. Let's go exploring. Like, you know, it's just that <laughs> it's very, I don't know, it just doesn't seem particularly, like, grand. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, it's a very, you know, a, a wonderful message, but it feels like the stakes don't match. Like, I have to go to save the world is much more compelling than, hey, you know, you can find another boyfriend. It's fine. I don't think he means it like that. I think he means it like, you know, we had our time together. Now it's time for you to move on. Like, it's okay. <laughs> You're okay. allowed to move on. <laughs> and you need to save the world. Like, you can't keep me here and not save the world. It's more important than that, than we are. Yeah, I'm surprised that in her many, many years, she's never took any grief counseling because that could have helped her avoid all this. Yeah, that's true. She should probably see a therapist. <laughs> I think most super. I'm sure there's got to be some comic book out there, some story about you know, the therapy of superheroes. Yeah, I imagine it would be hard if, like, I guess it wouldn't be hard in a world where superheroes exist. So therefore, it wouldn't be weird necessarily as a therapist to see a superhero. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But you'd have to really trust that person because then they know your secret identity. That feels like something that would be like in an Incredibles movie. Like, yeah, have... I was thinking that too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> anyway, so they kiss passionately and she walks away before she can, you know, rethink her or her agreement. And she, as she's walking away and she's crying, she renounces her wish out loud. And as she starts to run, she, her speed picks up and she flies into the air and her lasso latches onto a jet plane. Nope. <laughs> it gets worse, Sam. It's my favorite part. And she like uses it to swing off of and thinking of Steve's words earlier, because he said it when they were they were flying, she's like, I don't understand how you do this and he's like, It's it's easy. It's you know, just wind and air and, and it's no. never been hard for me. And so she like puts her arms out and kinda catches the air and starts to fly. I don't know, Sam. She and flies she, like like a, like a little kid who runs around with their arms out pretending to be an airplane. Yeah, but she's actually in the sky. And it's and, working. And it's working and she flies Superman style through the clouds to very dramatic music. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? It's great. Why so is Max she suddenly able to like make jets invisible and <laughs> She's coming into her powers, Sam. There's no rules in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Max, meanwhile, is on the plane and is saying well, she's on the plane 
no, Max, maybe, I don't know, but I doubt it. I think he's on his own personal jet and she did it like it looked more like a regular flight. I want it to be like that Twilight Zone where she he's like, there's something on the wing. It's Diana. <laughs> no, that's not it. Darn. So he's on his own personal jet and he's talking to Barbara and says he's not too concerned about his you know, crazy eyes, his dramatically ailing health because he can rebuild it all wish by wish. No. He apparently can, Sam. And oh, but- <laughs> The problem, again, with this dumb plan is if he gets everyone in the world to wish with the magic particle beam, there'll be no one left that he can wish with. Like, I know. I thought that's what he was doing it. Yeah. I was like, who's, who else is he going to get to wish if he used to to make the whole world wish something? He get aliens down here or something. Get them to wish. <laughs> like the Green Lantern Corps or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. So he asks Barbara what else she wants because he's feeling generous. <laughs> She can't wish for anything. She's done. I know. We'll get there. Because I also was like, what the heck? <laughs> she tells him that she doesn't want to be like anyone. She doesn't want to be like Diana. She wants to be unique. She wants to be an apex predator like no one has been before. Well, that's all she wished for. So tough. <laughs> and he's kind of into it. He's like, yeah, you do. Like, we're both after power. <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of cute. Match. They have a little meat cute there on the plane. <laughs> so meanwhile, they've landed and are in some kind of, uh, I don't know, a bunker perhaps on this island. <laughs> so and, island bunker controlling magic particle beam satellite. Yep, but he's ready to take over the broadcasting world. And Perfect. he asks someone if they wish this would go well for him. And the guy's like, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Why would this person wish that? Be like, They're I'm all here under to per- some kind of spell because like, obviously the president called and was like, hey, this guy's got to use the broadcasting system. So now they're all kind of part of the, the spell, I think. All right. Uh, also, oh, I had something here and I forgot it. <laughs> If it comes back to you, let me know. Oh, I will interrupt. Absolutely. (laughs) So, bam, he's on TV introducing himself. I remembered it now. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would if I started talking. (laughs) I really want him to broadcast his commercial from the start of the movie instead of whatever he's going to do. Just like, listen up, world, and then broadcast his pyramid scheme commercial. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to think that his plan was actually just to get everybody to invest in his (laughs) co-op. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want. I want this to be all like... Are you? Do you want to be your own boss? We can earn $6,000 a month working from home. Join now. Get your starter pack. He definitely has the TV personality when he starts to talk, which is fun. Yeah. Anyway, so that was what I want him to broadcast instead of whatever spiel he's going to give out. Like, make wishes, everyone. I can help you. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. He introduces himself and he's like, I'm here to make a change. All you have to do is make a wish. It's very um, uh, like preachers that are on TV. Yeah. Televangelists. Yeah, absolutely. And like anything you want, I can give it to you. I just look into my eyes and make a wish. And people, of course, it starts sort of jokingly, like some woman in a Chinese restaurant is watching the TV and she's like, oh, I wish I was famous, you know, kind of thing. And then suddenly there's like paparazzi outside the door and people are knocking no. on it and screaming. And don't wish for fame. You want what the, you want the money. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's what she wants, obviously. But like, she's joking when she says it. She doesn't really think gotcha. it's going to come true. I know. True. I'm just saying that's like the worst end of that deal. Yeah, and so of course, all these like wishes are happening, and people are you know in fights, and they're like, "Well, I wish you'd drop dead," and the person like falls over, and like all this chaos starts to happen. People start to realize that wishes are actually coming true, so then they actually start to wish. So, question again. Sorry, shouldn't only people who are actively watching his broadcast be able to make wishes? Yeah, well, they're all watching his broadcast. 
There's like, no, uh, it's, it's over. It, it cut into every broadcasting system. Sure, so anybody sure, who's like, watching TV is watching it, is wishing. Is, is all the people they cut to all watching the broadcast or is it like cutting to random people on the street? Um, it's cutting to anybody. Like they're showing TVs wherever okay. they are. Okay, so, got it. But obviously I would assume like places that have TVs running in public spaces, those are being like, he, so it's, he's getting a very large chunk of the population. Oh, I'm sure he's getting a very large chunk. I just really wanted to see this movie like seeing two random people arguing on a sidewalk and one just drops dead from a wish even though and there's no, no TV. That couple, that couple is there's a TV in the background, and I think okay. what prompts them to make the wish is that the you know they hear something about a wish on TV and they're already yelling at each other. Okay, all right, fine. I give the movie. You win this round. <laughs> this round, and then it cuts to you to his son who's still back at the office all by himself. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> wow, that kid. <laughs> he's back at the office and he's hearing his dad's voice and he's like trying to find him because he kind of thinks he's in the building for a minute because he hears him talking and then realizes he's on the TV. This is how supervillains are made. Yeah, it's amazing. This kid doesn't turn into a supervillain. So Wonder Woman, Diana, can somehow hear this in the sky, I guess. It seems to suggest that she can. <laughs> uh, maybe she has an antenna or something. A satellite yeah, I guess maybe she can have super hearing. I don't know all of her skills. And then she uses, there's a flash of lightning across the sky and she uses her last so to grab the lightning and swing. What? <laughs> she lassos lightning it's and so is cool. immediately thrust into the ground, right? No, she just swings through. She swings on lightning? Yeah, she grabs it with her lasso of truth and swings through the she sky. She like Spider-Man's off of lightning. She does with her lasso of truth. I'm speechless, Danielle. That is... I mean, A, it obviously sounds like it looks awesome. And B, the second you think about for more than any amount of time, you realize that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I know. I put it in there because I was like, well, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, I mean, lightning doesn't, uh, she lassos the dumbest things in this movie. <laughs> it's so good. I love that she does she, she ever use stuff. the lasso of truth for like making people tell the truth or is it all just you know, lassoing random objects for acceleration? Um, She uses it in very unique ways in this movie. I'm not sure I see her do anything specific to telling the truth. She kind of projects the truth with it at one point. Okay. All right. Sort of. We'll get into it. But no, mostly she uses it to like swing off of weird stuff. How many lightning bolts does she Is it just one or does she get like it's a whole chain going? just one giant okay. lightning bolt that like flashes through the sky and she swings through and then she's clearly going home since their next scene is her back at her house. Because that's where you need to go. Well, she's going to get her armor, Sam. Oh, right. I forgot. I already forgot about the armor. <laughs> yeah. So she's unwrapping the armor. You see her doing that. And Max continues his speech. It cuts back to him and he's telling them that they can take it all and in return he will take their health and their strength. He's kind of mumbling that. He doesn't want the whole world to know. <laughs> so he is essentially siphoning the youth and vigor and life force of the entire world to sustain himself in exchange for them granting wishes. Yes. So he says, I'll take your health, all your strength. You'll give Barbara your rage and your prowess, and I take no, your power and, their li and your Barbara. life force. <laughs> hey, Barbara, do you want to be perpetually angry all the time? That sounds miserable. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> So Alistair is now found the TV. He's yelling at the TV. He's like, I want you, wish you'd come back. I want you here. Oh, you need too to late. You wish your wit. You wasted your wish on a dumb thing, kid. <laughs> yeah, it's already, it's a no go. Obviously, it doesn't make him come back. So Diana then descends from the skies in her golden winged armor bodysuit at the military complex and she's kicking butt and taking names. <laughs> so does this costume do anything to protect her identity more than her original costume? Um, 
I mean, it doesn't cover her face, but it does have a helmet on at least. Okay, and well, a that's full something. body goal. Like I bet, I bet you could see her in that and not connect her to being Diana yeah. later. Oh, if you put on a pair of sunglasses while wearing the armor, she'd be totally fine. Yeah, it's true. If she just had a little visor, she'd be fine. Uh, unfortunately, on the roof of the complex is Barbara, who is auditioning for a role in Cats. <laughs> what? She's mostly animal now. <laughs> she looks like a cat. <laughs> Uh, so her absorbing the collective rage of humanity has turned her into a cat creature? Yeah, she's absolutely got, like, the streaks on her face. Her body is like a skin suit of kind of like a cheetah print, a black and white cheetah print. It's very Island of Dr. Moreau, because she's still standing upright as a human. But she's got the tail and everything. I don't understand, Danielle. (laughs) She turned into an apex predator, Sam. That's what she said earlier that she wanted. Yeah, but her wish wasn't being granted. The wish that, like, the exchange was she was absorbing the collective rage of humanity, and my rage doesn't turn me into a cat. No, but it turned, because I think it ties into the fact that originally she said what her desire was, was to be her own unique self, be an apex predator, be, like, the strongest. Yeah, that was way after she made her wish. I know, but I think he tied it in, because there's just a lot of, he's he's funneling wishes and taking stuff for himself and giving stuff to Barbara. So I think he, he basically granted her wish via proxy through other people i i i am so upset <laughs> with how little sense the rules for how this like wish exchange works because i thought he could only take certain things from people but they can take arbitrary things from people he and can now take he can act- everything <laughs> and now he can when they make their wish use it to grant another wish like, apparently he can give it to other people i know wild <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> I think that's a loophole. I actually think it's kind of a clever loophole, the idea that you can be like, I'm taking this to give to someone else. I mean, I'm not saying that's the problem, taking it, the rage or whatever, but like he is saying, when you when I grant your wish, it's going to allow me to grant her wish at the same time. Like, yep. how, that doesn't make any sense. Love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, she is hardcore and she's very fierce in her attempt to stop Diana from entering and she's denting and tearing up the armor that she's wearing. And the subtitles let us know that she's apparently called Cheetah now. Cheetah. Is yeah. this, a, is oh, this I, I an actual villain yeah, from DC? It it's a big, it's like a major villain of the Wonder Woman arc. Oh, you looked it up. Cool. I did. Yeah, I was curious because I was like, I bet this is like some, this is obviously the in- intro story to a major villain. Story. Out of curiosity, did you see the original origin story of Cheetah and was it this dumb? There are multiple origin stories of Cheetah, I guess, because there's been multiple reincarnations. Right, rebooted multiple times, yeah. Yeah. And I did not get to, I was reading the article, I got sidetracked. I didn't get to the most recent incarnation. So I don't know if this is how it matched, if it matched the story. Did but was there like a common theme? Like was she you know, kind of more like a Black Panther type character? Or no, she once more... she was a socialite. Okay, um, though she's like completely different, obviously. And I, th- I assume that the Barbara Minerva character was probably some kind of character who didn't have a lot of confidence in herself. And I don't know if she ended up wishing to become more. I don't know All right. quite how that happened. Yes, I should have read farther into the article. No, I mean. <laughs> One of the hallmarks of our show, Danielle, is we do as little research as possible <laughs> so we can make up our own dumb explanations. I really am going to finish it. I just did it. Like, it was a really long article and I was like, okay, I'm well, I don't have time that. for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got there like I got like two thirds of the way through the socialite story, and then I was like, okay, I've got other things I have to do. I'll come back to this, so it's it's saved on my phone. <laughs> the longest Wikipedia articles are always the ones that are sort of the most irrelevant to actual life. 
Yeah, so <laughs> I uh, didn't get quite that far into it. But the point is, she's Cheetah, who's apparently a main villain in the Wonder Woman franchise. Love it. Yeah. But I didn't know that because I only knew that because of the subtitles. Not once has anybody given her a name. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, it says Cheetah said blah, 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 blah. I guess it's an Easter egg for all the DC fans who have subtitles on. Yeah, like clearly whoever did subtitles knew that she, what her origin was. So Diana tries to talk her to the light side and Barbara is not having it. She's like, I'm super powerful and awesome now. Like, you can't make me. (laughs) Reasonable. So they're outside of this military complex and there's a lot of swinging from live electrical lines because there's power towers everywhere. That seems safe. Yeah, and Diana swinging from her lasso and what's her face? Cheetah slash Barbara is now swinging from all the live electrical lines. Cheetar, keep... Cheetara. Oh, that's someone else. Che- <laughs> Cheetara. Cheetara. Um, Barita. Like bar- bar- Barbarita. <laughs> that sounds like a... Like a... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Beach Boy song. Ba 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 Barbarina. I mean, kind of. So Barbarina is not having it, and they're swinging back and forth on the lines. They're like fighting in the air, of course, and they fall into the water below. <gasps> oh no, cats hate water. I know. I have that same thought actually. <laughs> and uh, an electrical line drops from the sky and is like falling down the curve of the mountain and coming closer and closer to the water. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, they weren't so. electrocuted when they were swinging from the lines, but oh no, this line might touch the water there. Well, she wasn't that's touching kill the them. end of the wa- of the wires. She was just swinging from like them. That's I mean the wires are so electrified. Just, all right. <laughs> well, Sam, it's coming towards the water, and Diana tries one last attempt to get her to renounce her wish, go back to normal, and she's like, "Never!" And she, so she plunges her under the water as the line hits it. And of note, Diana is also under the water, that's but she's absolutely unaffected by this. You know what it is? Her magic armor grounds her. <laughs> it must be, and so she is. An electrical line drops into it, and is. She's electrocuted Barbara slash Barbara If Barbara had all the same strength as Diana, plus everything else that Max gave her, how is Diana? But she doesn't have Diana's power anymore because she because she wished earlier in her wish she wished that she was no longer like Diana. She wanted to be her own. That wasn't a wish that was granted. She already made her wish to be like her. She didn't renounce that wish. I know, but it's it's suggested that when he is getting all the power from all the wishes, that he grants her wish. That uh, I hate that. <laughs> well, I know that's what happens, Sam, is that he like funnels some of that power and he's like, and you're going to basically so give her the things that she wants. So he arbitrarily like negate the wishes he's already granted somehow. Yeah, well, yeah, he gives her a bonus wish. <laughs> or creates the bonus wish there through no characteristics. There are no this movie. <laughs> he doesn't like specifically say, and you're going to grant her wish. It's just like he's giving her characteristics to match what she wanted. Yeah, but how would that un... Uh, all right, never mind. Let's just move it just, on. It's, it's just not assumed make any sense. that it is, Sam. <laughs> it's not going to make any sense, Danielle. Let's go. It's fine. <laughs> so Diana pulls her body out of the water and leaves her. She may or may not be alive. She runs inside trying to stop Maxwell's speech. And she tries to reach him, but the magic wind that is so omnipresent in this movie pushes her away. And she's like trying to walk through a, a wind tunnel, basically. Tunnel. So she can lasso a jet. No problem. But walking upwind, too hard for Diana. It's magic wind, and she's trying to get her lasso, but it keeps, like, flapping in the breeze. (laughs) So she's trying to reason with him that, like, they don't even know what he's taking from them, and he laughs maniacally because he's evil. But he does look much healthier, so clearly it's working. (laughs) I mean, you know, can't get results. So the wind proves to be too strong for both her and her lasso, and she's 
kind of like pushed down into the corner. She can't get up anymore. And she gives her own little speech about how she's never wanted anything more than Steve, but she realized that there was more to it, that it was a price she wasn't willing to pay. Is she on camera? No, she's she seems to be talking to him in this scene. Okay. She says the world is was beautiful just as it was. And, nah. he, and she goes to this long, I know, but she goes to this long speech about like, I'm not going to do the whole speech, but she goes to this long speech about the world and how people need to stand up, how you have to renounce your wish, the truth is the only thing that matters, etc., etc. And he looks at her, he's like, no, why would I renounce my wish? It's my time. The world belongs to me. And Diana looks at him, like, stares him in the face. She's like, I wasn't talking to you. You're not the only one who suffered, who wants more, who's alone, or who wants people back, who is frightened and powerless. You're not the only one to imagine a world Ugh. where everything was different and better. I thought you and, weren't going to do the whole speech. And the camera zooms out. That was not the whole speech. It goes on for a long wow. time. <laughs> the camera zooms out, and you see that she has the lasso of truth is attached to his ankle, and apparently that seems to allow her to live feed to the masses. <laughs> Wait, so she is not on camera, but by attaching the lasso to his ankle, which somehow she couldn't do because of the magic wing, but it happened anyway without yeah, him noticing it. snuck under it. I don't know. <laughs> and and he didn't notice it going around his ankle, and he like lifted his foot up so he could go under. Anyway, that's not the no, point. No, it just wraps around his ankle. That allows her to like suddenly be on camera, even though she's not on camera? She's not on camera. It's just like her voice or her ideas or her, I don't know, Sam is seems to be projecting out into the world. Like they can hear her over him. I'll be honest, Daniel. I think I would have a lot of fun watching this movie, but <laughs> trying to describe it, this movie has no consistency, no rules. It's just a bunch of arbitrary things no, happening for no reason. it's confusing when you're watching it. <laughs> okay. Because I don't think I understand what's going on. None of this makes any sense. No, it doesn't. But I think it's because that she talks about how the truth like overcomes everything. And so I think the concept is but that- But what truth? The, the truth, truth is he's power hungry and he loves his power. That's the yeah, truth. Yeah, but the, she's talking about people renouncing their wishes because they're living a lie, basically. Is it a lie, though? Sam, I don't know. I'm just saying that that's the <laughs> concept. That was my takeaway from this moment was that she's trying to like convince people that- they can't live this this fake reality. And somehow her magic speech worked and everyone can hear her. Yeah, so somehow everybody can hear her and feel her. I mean, it's a, well, she's a good actor. It was well delivered. So. I'm, sure she, I'm sure she's a very good actor. I just don't think there's any way it makes sense that everyone can hear her broadcast because well, she has a lasso around some guy's ankle. Apparently they can. And you, he is like looking at her. He's like, you know, like he can tell what's going on and he's listening to her speech, kind of getting sucked to in, into it. And he gets a bunch of flashbacks to his super sucky childhood and his first noble attempts to trying to get his business, you know, to come together. And she continues talking. She's like, what is it costing you? Do you see the truth? That's what she's talking about. What are you giving up to have this this fake reality? Yeah, but like, again, what people are giving up is are like, if he's taking people's rage and ink, I'm like, I'm okay giving that up. Yep, he also takes their health and their power and their, like, he takes everything from them, essentially. Uh, again, there, there there are no limit. Like, can you just take literally, like, everything from a person? I, it seems like he's doing a lot of stuff, Sam. Oh, that's so, <laughs> that's so annoying. <laughs> so as the world's about to explode, like, the war is about, you know, everything's, there, Russia's about to launch its nuclear warheads, like, everything's in chaos and people slowly are stopping to listen to it because it kind of, like, I don't know disseminates into the atmosphere. Alistair runs out of the office building into the streets. And suddenly Maxwell, with either his superpowers or his lasso of truth powers, I guess, sees, can see Alistair. Like, he, what? Can, he can visualize him. <laughs> okay. I think, it's the, I think it's the lasso of truth. <laughs> 
And he oh, starts. It's like this is what you're missing is your is your son. <laughs> he starts screaming his name, and he's realized, yeah, what he gave up to have this power is his son. And so he's he's uh, scre- yeah okay. <laughs> so I he mean, suddenly sure. screams. He's like, I renounce my wish. And you see the president renounce his wish, and the missiles disappear, averting nuclear disaster. And everybody across the world starts renouncing their wishes. And this is nonsense because people would not renounce their wishes. <laughs> Lots of people wouldn't renounce their wishes for one, and two, like let's say the woman who just killed her husband because of their argument, she'd be like, she would not it's still actually be the watching husband TV. killed his wife. <laughs> Either way, whoever killed whoever, like they would not be sitting there still watching TV at the be like panicking and out the door, right? Right, but there's, you know, TVs everywhere apparently. I mean, no, but fine. <laughs> I think it's spreading just like the wish spreading was happening. You see people renouncing their wishes, their stuff disappears, and you're like, oh, I don't want my wife dead. I renounce my wish. <laughs> like, I think you get the gist of it pretty quickly. I However, think this is a whole bunch of nonsense. I think it's crazy that everybody in the world renounced their wish. I think it's yeah. literally logistically impossible. And also, there are a lot of really uh, power-hungry people who would absolutely not renounce their wish. Also... Barbita would not renounce her wish because like, well, she's definitely okay. still alive. So yeah, she's definitely alive because it cuts to her and you can see her against the building, but she looks like normal Barbara now. So I don't know if she renounced her wish or the shock of the thing shocked her out of her form. Maybe she could transfer between her rage well, the form and her non-rage here form. is that because everyone renouncing their wishes means they get whatever they exchange back, I assume all the rage and anger and wish grant that he did for her is going back to them, but that doesn't make any sense because she's like giving up anything she's not acknowledging the the wish renouncing herself so yeah she i didn't see her renounce her wish i don't think she did in the story it's nonsense absolute she, nonsense <laughs> i don't even know sam so but she does look like herself again so currently the cheetah part of her is not taken over or she renounced her wish don't know doesn't tell you <laughs> movie doesn't care i got gotcha. you <laughs> so maxwell's running through the streets i guess he made it back <laughs> from the island he was on <laughs> yeah. And he finds his son who's like outside walking around How the streets. How people get around in this movie is completely <laughs> insane. It's so funny. You're like, wait, he was on an island in the dark. It was dark outside on this a island. A military island. Yeah. Like, and when he it's sees not like there's his like son, a plane just lying around that he can fly because he's apparently Steve the magic pilot. Well, there was a helicopter that he has, like got there on, so maybe he got somebody to take him back. But he renounced his wish. He no longer has the president. Like The president also renounced his wish. Like He has no influence over anyone anymore. No, but I also assume the president must have called and said this guy is coming to broadcast, and so the, they would probably still be working under the assumption that he somehow is protected by the president. They don't know I any don't better. I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway. Sure. He makes it back to his son, which I think is in the daylight, which is also confusing, but maybe the island's in a completely different time zone. Which means how it gets back there instantly even more nonsense. <laughs> And his son is like, I knew if I wished you'd back, you'd come. And Maxwell is like, that's not why I'm back. I didn't come back because you wished it. I come back because I hate you. Yeah. He's like, I've made terrible mistakes and I'm a messed up loser guy. Um, But you don't need to wish to have my love. You you already have it. And loves him always and forever. He doesn't say that. That's what he says. <laughs> Is this, and then, like, I swear, if he comes off with no consequences as like, well, now I'm going to go be a family man, that's BS. I don't know the answer to that, Sam. They don't tell you. He's like, but I'll still make you proud. And the kid's like, I don't need to be proud of you, Daddy. I love you just as you are. He needs to be arrested. <laughs> Again, so apparently everything got back to normal. I'm assuming every single person in the entire world has renounced their wish, which utter nonsense. <laughs> yeah, complete BS. If everyone renounced their wishes, where is the stone? I don't know. Perhaps it's destroyed still. I Or maybe they got it and he gave it back and they hit it again. I don't know. Maybe it's Jumanji. They strapped a rock to it and threw it in a lake or river. <laughs> Stream. Yeah, what could go wrong there? <laughs> I don't know, Sam. You don't see any of that. 
You see none of the repercussions. <laughs> All right. Fine. So, meanwhile, uh, Diana's just walking through the city, and it looks very pretty in the snow, and there's, like, some kind of market going on, and all the kids are, like, running around, and the snow is falling, and guess who appears? Sam. Yes. Is it the engineer whose body she jacked? It's the engineer! It's the steve site without Steve. <laughs> well, that's just back to being whoever he is, the nameless vessel that they co-opted. It is. He's super charming, and they chat a little, and he wishes her happy holidays and she smiles and kind of sighs a little sadly and he he walks off and you get a slow motion shot of all the kids doing fun things and then a, a shot is he of, not like messed up at all about he anything? seems absolutely unconcerned <laughs> <laughs> wow does she like ever go like hey i'm very sorry for what i we don't did think to you. i really don't think he has any memory of it crazy he doesn't have any memory of her clearly and he slept with her <laughs> Bonkers. And then there's a shot of a red star balloon floating to the sky. And then cutscene and Diana's flying through the clouds, the sirens in the distance, and she smiles and zooms off to save the day. Okay. Is there a post-credit scene here that makes there any sense? Yeah. Is I don't know if it makes any sense, but it's a post-credit scene and it has the original Wonder Woman in it. And the actress, um, you mean? Yeah, the actress who plays the original Wonder Woman Woman one the original Wonder Woman. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and she's walking through some, I think, European city, perhaps, and something falls and she catches it and saves a little kid's life. And you just see her from the back. She's like walking through the street. She puts it back and just keeps walking. And the, the parent comes up and is like, hey, stop. I have to thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, saving my child's life. And the person is like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It's just, you know, using my body weight, essentially. Like, because the woman's like, how did you do that? It was so Just heavy. like Diana's explanation earlier. Absolutely. And she's like, what's your name? So I can thank you. And she says, oh, it's Asteria. Do, do, do. Asteria's uh-huh. alive. And through all that time, either she has amnesia or she never bothered to find all her Amazonian brethren. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Maybe we'll learn more in the next Wonder Woman, 1989. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it it goes by the same rough logic, it should be like 2060-something. Yeah, well, I don't think they'll do that. 2050s in the end. That'd be funny, though. I'd I'd watch that. Anyway, there you go. Sam, Wonder Woman, 1984. My only con- again, I haven't watched the movie, so my conclusions are very much filtered. But my conclusion is, is a fun movie to watch that has an infuriating lack of internal consistency or logic. Absolutely, it's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so fun. Yeah, yeah. That sounds absolutely insane. Like, nothing makes sense in this movie. It's and it wild. Has a, and it has a really, like, strong vibe to it. Like, a, it's very settled in the time that it's both 1984 and what's-his-face is just chewing scenery. So it's just really, it's a fun watch. Right. So it has, like, I, I appreciate that it is, like, a period piece almost. But let me ask you, does that period have any impact on the story? Is it just sort of like, oh, you just want this fun aesthetic? No, I don't think it has much impact on the story. I do think it kind of plays with the idea of like TV and marketing and all that kind of stuff that was which was newer there yeah, yeah yeah like it has that kind of like this is the new this is the wave of the future kind of feel especially in the very beginning of the film where he's he's doing his TV commercial got it so I think it's like it's set before all that stuff was common like Ponzi schemes and TV infomercials like all of that was kind of just hitting its stride so I guess it plays into it then but it's not like I think it could probably be set in any time frame and it probably would have been fine yeah yeah no kidding I I don't know Danielle that is why like I mean there's not really much I can say about that movie because it doesn't seem interested in providing any explanation for any part (laughs) of its story it starts so strong and then by the second half you're like what the heck is going on in this film right like I felt like 
like I understood the stakes and the premise in the beginning. There's a magic wishing rock. You know, someone starts wishing on it and it goes awry. Like, that's a pretty classic setup for a story, right? It's like you're Aladdin, you're uh, – I can't think of anything else in the moment. But there's like, you know, uh, maybe like your uh, Pinocchio where he gets wished to be a, like a living boy, that kind of stuff. Like a wish that goes awry. That makes up, you know, the monkey's paw story. It's very common, classic stuff. I don't understand how it goes from this very clean and sensible setup to these absolutely bonkers conclusions. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's like, you can, you can tell the minute it starts to get insane. There was a scene where, well, for me, it was a scene where um, Maxwell like steps outside of his office and it's like complete chaos outside. And up to that point, I didn't realize anybody knew he could make wishes or anything like that. So I was like, what? Why? Why are there people yeah. everywhere? And like, you, and like, I, this is my third watch of this movie, and I think now I'm like, oh, they must know he can make wishes, or maybe they're still trying to apply for that job where he sent out the all call. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't know what's going on. There's clearly protesters. There's a billion people there. I'm just, and I want to, that was the scene for me where I was like, what is this movie doing? <laughs> like, See, I was convinced that when he wished himself to be the stone, that was setting up for like a Midas touch situation where he would now be unintentionally granting wishes to people or it would be used against him in some way. The fact that he wished himself to be the stone and that seems to have so little impact on the story other than that like he is the stone, like it turns him into a weird monster for a little bit. Like, I don't understand. It doesn't seem necessary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's just fun to have him going around making everybody. You wish sure. that, right? <laughs> but like, we we logic out that if he had wished the stone was like a hand buzzer or a ring or you know anything else, it would have been the same result, but much like more reasonable. Yeah, it would have been a lot easier. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, that's my point. Was like, I thought the point was it was doing that for a plot reason, so that it could be used as a plot device that he's the stone, and therefore he is granted unintentional wishes. I think the whole story would have been the same if it had been a ring and corrupting him in, the, in that same way, whereas he absorbs more and more power and more and more like wish exchanges, like whatever he's exchanging, he, absorbs, he would still turn like all weird. Yeah, I don't think him being the stone had anything to do with it. I think that was yeah. just like the writers felt like that was a thing that they should do, yeah. or maybe they didn't think of the ring. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying, like everything in this story seems very arbitrary. Like, it, it doesn't, I see places where it wouldn't make an interesting story or interesting plot to have him be the stone or have these other things happen, but they don't ever play out in that way. <laughs> they never pay off in the way you expect. Yeah, they made some interesting choices. That's why it felt like that's really, it, the second half genuinely feels like it's spiraling out of control. And part of that is because things are literally spiraling out of control in the See, plot of the story. And so it's kind of an interesting vibe, but it's also kind of like, wait, like you're just constantly confused in the second half. Well, I mean, <laughs> Depending what you mean by what's spiraling out of control. If the the world in the movie is spiraling out of control, that's, you know, a very reasonable and interesting thing. If, like, you feel that the script is spiraling out of control, they like they've lost do. control I of the think, story. I think they both do. So it's, like, mimicked. And what you're, what's, the weird part about this movie is that you're, you're watching it spiral out of control literally on screen because uh -huh. that's the point of the whole plot. And it's, like, a lot yeah. of chaos and stuff going on and things are going quickly. And it's just, like, they're getting interrupted a lot because there's random cows in the middle of the street. Like, it's just weird. <laughs> And then part of it is like, what is going on with this plot? But you can't tell how much of it's purposeful because the everything is literally spiraling out of control in the plot on purpose, or is that's, it all accidental? <laughs> that sounds very interesting. Like I know I was questioning a lot of this movie's logic, which I think is very fair. But it does sound like that. I mean, I might have to watch this. That sounds very interesting. I mean, kind of like. 
I think part of it's just like uh, in- interesting plot writing. Like they definitely don't answer any of the questions that you have. So no, I think a lot of it was just like we're just gonna make it fun. <laughs> like there's a lot of you know old weird like indie movies where they or not even old movies. I love indie movies where they're just like we don't really care about logic. We just want to make interesting things like Barbarella mm-hmm. or uh, Buckaroo Banzai or things like that, where it's less about coherence and more about this weird interesting journey you're taking with the characters through these abstract ideas. And so I think that's very, there's nothing necessarily wrong with having a sort of logicless movie. And it's very interesting to see it done in a blockbuster superhero form. <laughs> yeah, I really do think they didn't think people would question the stone thing quite as much as people ended up questioning it. Because you, you can absolutely kind of put thought aside and be like, it's fine. It's just a big adventure movie. Who cares about the rules of this world? <laughs> but the rules of the world are so crazy. <laughs> well, and the rules of the world are so integral to the plot. Like the whole thing is like, that, that sounds like it would be my biggest problem, at least from what you've told me, would be the stakes. Like I don't understand what's at stake or what one woman has to accomplish or how hard it would be for her to accomplish her goal because I don't know the rules of how anything works. Like, yeah. like when she's on the island fighting the guys, I don't know like what her end game is or how this all works. Like it, I thought she was going to kill the guy. That was how she's going to solve the problem. And then the magic lasso transmitter thing is like, what is happening? <laughs> And maybe if you watched it, you'd understand more than I did. Maybe I just if I'm, no, I'm I having a hard so, time understanding I, the I plot. I doubt it. <laughs> or maybe there's, you know, maybe if I rewatched the first one, I would have more context for how some of these things work, and it would be less weird that they work that way. I sincerely doubt that, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just wanted to make a bunch of interesting things happen, and they didn't really care about how they got there. They just wanted, like, the whole invisible jet to Egypt thing. Why did they even go to Egypt? That seemed like such a pointless scene. Yeah, you probably could have cut that whole scene, and it would have been fine. Yeah, like, they go to Egypt, they have the fight, and it doesn't actually accomplish anything, and they go back, and that's when they learn about all the stuff from the Mayan guy. Like, they could have just cut to them learning all the stuff from the Mayan guy, and it that would have been it. It does... It does continue the Egyptian stuff does kind of go in on in the background while the movie's continuing because it's part of the chaos. Sure, but, but it, it doesn't have done play, the background from the start. Well, it, yeah, it doesn't play in any kind of major role. Anyway, it's really interesting. Like I said, interesting choices. The one thing that I still think is like unforgivable is how badly they treat that engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. To, I was kind of hoping in the second part, like maybe they, they said something or tried to explain something or whatever, but I like... No, they didn't. I was like, oh. I thought, <laughs> I thought they did. For something in my head, I was like, I thought they did, but they did not. Because you would have to. You can't just leave that as unresolved. Like, I thought maybe she would like make some sort of anonymous gift to him that would make his life better, or like set him up until now. Suddenly, he is has a social life, like something that to do to help make up for. Well, and you know nothing about him. He might have a very active social life, and he yes! just disappeared for like three days. Nobody knows. <laughs> Right. I thought maybe she like left the gift basket of cash or something in his apartment or whatever. Like nope, she comes from something I like, I won the lottery. And I, can't, I don't like, even know. Like she walks off, renounces his wish, does Steve vacate the body immediately and he just passes out on the like the steps right. where he was standing. So like, he wakes I don't know. up in DC in the middle of like the street in the middle of all this chaos with a nuclear war being threatened. Like crazy. Yeah. That is <laughs> I can I can roll with the magic stone. I get that adventure movies don't need to have a whole lot of roles, but man, her callousness to him is it really shades her character. <laughs> and it's possible once everybody renounces their wish, it just go like resets from three days ago or whatever, and nobody has any recollection of it. No idea. The movie doesn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. 
Well, I don't know. If anyone out there has any idea about how this poor man has suffered and what Diana <laughs> should do to make recompense, you can send us your solutions at bookretorts.com. You can also tweet Instagram or Facebook us at bookretorts. Oh, well, Danielle, thank you for sharing Wonder Woman 1984. I kind of want to watch this movie like immediately just to experience the insanity. It's a pretty good movie. Um, I know some people disagreed with that when it came out. I still really kind of like it. <laughs> I, I guess like, I, I believe that a movie can be both fun and nonsense at the same time. Like, I have no problem uh, yeah. holding those two concepts. I don't think they are in opposition. I don't think it was any worse than most like DC or Marvel movies that I've seen, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have the same complaints about the Infinity Stones and how they all work. As someone who doesn't read comics and hasn't delved into the Marvel Universe that much, they still they seem as arbitrary and capricious as the <laughs> uh, Citrine in this movie. So, but yes. I'm going to get a lot of angry emails about that. Yes, we once again apologize that we do not have extensive knowledge on the DC Marvel Universe's when we talk about them. <laughs> and if you have complaints about our knowledge about the DC Marvel universes, um, don't tell us. We don't care. <laughs> we really don't care. But if you want to explain something, feel free. Like if something makes more sense than we think it makes, yes. feel free to tell us that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we want explanations either made up or real for all the nonsense. And like, if you have an explanation for what Diana should do to help that guy, great. If it's made up or if you have a real explanation, that's great too. You could also just tell us stuff. It's not like we know. So <laughs> <laughs> you can lie. We believe it. <laughs> all right. Well, I look forward to getting all those emails. Uh, until then, <laughs> bye. Take care, everybody. Daniel, I feel like I was a little maybe harsh on it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of questions. I don't, I, all of the questions that you had, I pretty much had in my own head too. I just don't care as much as you do. <laughs> well, I don't know if I care as much, but you gave me carte blanche and actually encouragement at the beginning of this recording to say, I don't have a lot here, so you need to. I had four pages. It was not much. Yeah. <laughs> Less so, than four pages, like three and a half. <laughs> so I, I felt compelled to really dig into these things that I may have glossed over <laughs> were it not for the request to really dive in there. <laughs> I just felt like we were going to only have like 45 minutes of content otherwise. <laughs> Danielle, please. When I get going, we can have hours of content <laughs> on nonsense. That's true. We recorded two hours. Good job, us. <laughs>